there's a yellow rose in Texas I'm going there to see No other fella knows her, nobody else but me She cried so when I left her, it like to broke her heart And if we ever meet again, we never more shall part She's the sweetest rose of color this fellow ever knew Her eyes are bright as diamonds, they sparkle like the dew You may talk about your dearest maids and sing of Rosalie But the yellow rose of Texas beats the bells of Tennessee Welcome to the Best Friends Fancast. We are an ARI YMBF fan podcast where we talk about anything and everything Alison Rosen. I am Lisa Lowry. Today we will talk about Monday, July 11th episode, Neil Brennan Returns, and the Thursday, July 14th episode, Allison's Jealousy, Greg's Trash, Snooping, Jeff's Chonies. Whew, that was a big one. But first, I would like to introduce today's co-host and fellow best friends, my right-hand man, Lil Rafi, ultra fan. This one's for you, B. Rafael Castaneda. Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> oh my gosh. And you thought I made her up. The fans demanded her. I finally got her. It's my great friend, Brittany, the Easter egg. Welcome, Brittany. Hi, thank you. So excited. <laughs> I'm going to add some applause here. <laughs> <laughs> Is it the Merv Griffin? I, thank you. <laughs> So this, is a, so this is how it's going to go. Um, Brittany, I'm so glad to have you on. I mean, everybody's been asking, and, you know, if you're real, first of all, and wanting you to be on, and I, I finally talked you into it. I'm sure you're just super excited to be here. I am. I'm, I'm real, people. Here I am. <laughs> She's uh, a real Easter egg. It's, it's not a bot, I promise. <laughs> I'm not Phil Hendry. I'm not just, like throwing my voice right now Lisa in a blonde wig <laughs> um well how about you tell everybody a little bit about yourself I've known you for I was trying to figure it out did we meet at my son Johnny's birthday his second birthday that sounds about right so yeah so that's like uh nine years yeah it's right. been a while yeah um yeah, so we met there. It was it was Johnny's second birthday, and he had a petting zoo party. And I immediately knew I liked you right off the bat because you had farm animals at your house. <laughs> um, and your kids are precious, so that was a, a bonus. Um, anyway, so my name is Brittany. I live in Austin, Texas now. I'm from Orange County originally, born and raised. Um, been in Austin for about eight years. Married to a wonderful dude named Buck. And, yeah, it's just... It's just us and our little French bulldog. And I'm a hairdresser. I don't know what else to say about myself. <laughs> well, hey. That's, oh, you know what? How did you become an Allison Rosen fan? Oh, good question. Okay, so the fandom came because I love Lisa Lowry so much that when she became involved with the JAMA Patrol, um, all I did was started listening to that. I'd never heard of Allison Rosen, never heard of... Can we say Adam Carolla? Yeah. Is that a bad word? Um, it is. That's okay. We can swear uh, on here. <laughs> so I just started listening to Jamo Patrol because I live far away from Lisa now that I kind of felt it was a way that I could keep in touch with her, like, rather than having to bother her all the time. Um, so I've just listened to the podcast, but I kind of just felt like I was being kept a secret from this inside joke. 
So finally, after listening to like six or seven JMO patrols, I was like, okay, I, I got to listen to Allison. So after that, I was just a fan. I don't even think I went back and backlogged hardly any episodes. I just kind of started from there. And that was like about a year ago. That's and interesting li- because yeah. a lot of people wonder how becoming a fan in the middle, if it's easy to follow. And Allison's wondered that if you start, can you get all the jokes? But I think you started at just the right time before the new Thursday game was really set. Yeah, I think that was because I remember y'all talking on the JMO Patrol about the addition of Greg being yes. a big issue. Um, so, yeah, I think I started listening around then. So it was easy for me to catch on. Sometimes at the beginning they would reference old jokes or make drops that I had no idea what they were talking about. But, you know, it's kind of it's like getting into a sitcom halfway through. It's like if you watch Friends part halfway into the season, it's not like you're going to be completely lost. That's true. That's good to know. Do you hear that, Allison? (laughs) Yeah. So considerably new fan, but yeah, fan for life now. Awesome. And I had to have you and Raphael on because you guys are close friends on Twitter. So now it's finally, it's happened. It's here. I'm so happy Rafi's on. Since we are such good friends, I was going to (laughs) say, in November, I think, when there's the Formula One race in Austin, I am a big Formula One fan. Can I uh-huh. go stay at your new house? Oh my and god! Go to the place. Yeah, you totally could. We okay, have plenty like of room, and yeah, F1 happens every year, and it's always such a big deal. Well, well now it's on record, and it is. Yeah, you hear that, Buck? I've been go since uh, Formula One came back to America. I've been wanting to go. Yeah, so, anytime. Oh Come on down. Awesome. <laughs> Have you ever been to Austin? Did you just say you've never been? No, I've never been to Austin. My friend lives in Houston, and I went to visit him last Fourth of July. Um, but I was like, I was like, yeah, it's a little bit of a ways to drive from his house to uh, to Austin for the race. So that was not going to happen. It's not that far. It's like two and a half hours, three hours. Fuck that. Not doing it. <laughs> Texas is big, y'all. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, I'm surprised you guys have only known each other nine years. Me and my like best friend, our like eight year friend anniversary, as Megan would call it, uh, <laughs> just passed. And, and uh, but I thought you guys would have known each other for a lot longer. It's funny because we just started getting to be close, like kind of getting closer friends right when she moved. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, when she comes to visit, it's more quality time. And then I go out there at least once a year to see her. And, um, I think it's, I don't know. And then this show, like, I don't know. It just seems like we've gotten closer the past couple of years. Yeah, I agree. It was, like you said, we were getting close, like kind of as I was moving to Austin. Um, but yeah, it feels like we've known each other forever. I think that's why we got close fast. I think so. I remember the second time that we met or hung out was when I was having a big Lebowski party. (laughs) Oh, yeah, and I couldn't stop texting. Yeah, you were texting, and someone else at the party was texting. I'm like, are you guys texting each other? What the hell? Okay, I have another question. So you said that you met her at her son's petting zoo party, but how did you (laughs) actually end up there? I just show up at kids' birthday parties. No, a mutual mutual friend of ours, um, she knew our friend Amanda, and Amanda asked me if I wanted to go to a little kid's birthday party with a petting zoo. And you're like, duh. Yeah, count me in. So that's how I met her. It was through a mutual friend. Okay. And it was funny because I'm like, 
Okay, so she just brought some broad, like, I, which I didn't care, but I just thought, well, who's this chick? And then I think by the end of the night, after our uh, experiments with my liquor cabinet, <laughs> we had a lot of... <laughs> We coined a whole new drink called a Gorilla Milk, which sounds really delicious. <laughs> what is in a Gorilla Milk? Uh, um, it was 99 bananas. Yes. The rum or whatever whatever alcohol that is. And then some Sailor Jerry and maybe like a frozen banana <laughs> and some sort of milk product. Like we made like a milkshake out of it and <laughs> passed out shots to everybody and kept calling it Gorilla Milk and thought it was hilarious. I nobody, once... think, nobody thinks we're as funny as we think we are. No, nobody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think gorilla milk made people not want to drink yeah, that. Yeah, that so. <laughs> a little worrisome. Yeah, unappetizing. I think we made another one too out of um, Newman's own lemonade, and I coined it Cool Hand Puke because it tasted disgusting. Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so funny. Um, I Lisa, think actually, so. let me say, I've been wanting to say this forever and I always forget is you are really good with words. Like Aww. you're so funny. And He's back so on, clever. Uh, yeah. On, on old JMO patrols, I'd be like, Oh my God, that was like really like a good turn of phrase or something. Like you're, you're super good with words and you're very funny. Aww. Now I'm going to like flummox everything I say <laughs> like I did at the beginning, but luckily Raphael edits my bullshit. <laughs> I guess we should probably talk about the show then, huh? The reason yeah. why we're here. Um, okay, so we'll talk about the July 11th episode, Neil Brennan Returns. And I texted you, Brittany, after I only listened to half of this. I was like, oh, you're on the perfect show because he's talking about, you know, some crazy, uh, you know, family bullshit that you and I both have uh, talked about together. And Yes. Okay, so he was on the Chappelle show, or he wrote for the Chappelle show, Daily Show, Inside Amy Schumer, he started a show called Three Mics, which sounds insane, and I really want to watch this. So it's Three Mics, and on one mic he plays, like, it's a one-man show, and then he's a stand-up on the next mic, and then he's, it's personal on the other one. So he's telling, like, personal stories, I guess, which is kind of like you can see inside someone's crazy brain, <laughs> and he's putting it out there on a stage. I am really excited to see that i don't know yeah he said he's gonna come out with a netflix special it would be interesting to see that for sure yeah do you guys know who bo burnham is no no um he's a really good he's like a musical comedian i don't watch a lot of comedy anymore and it's because i don't want to see like 30 minutes or an hour i I just don't want to see like of just some fucking person telling jokes so when he (laughs) mentioned the the setup for his show and he also has the mic where he does one-liners um my favorite comedians are like bill burr bo burnham and anthony jeselnik because they do interesting things so when he said that there's three mics and each one is for each thing it reminded me of bo burnham and i really like these original netflix specials you guys should really go check out uh, on Netflix is Bo Burnham. It's called What? And it was like, it kind of blew my mind the first time I saw it. And he just put out a new special called Make Happy. And that one was pretty good too. I prefer uh, What though, if you want to just see like how original someone can be with a stand up special. And he does a lot of music, but it's so I'm really interested to see this because I like interesting comedy as opposed to just, you know, 
What's the deal? Yeah, what? (laughs) Exactly. Um, So Neil Brennan, he was talking about something that I totally relate to is the vulnerability of doing a podcast, knowing your audience, which I don't think about. Like, I just say whatever. And I think, I mean, Brittany could be a witness to this, which I feel like I, if you want to know who I am, you just listen to this because I just say exactly who I am. That's like where maybe around other people, I might like not talk the way I do on here. But I feel like once the mic is on, I just like myself just comes out and it's so it's therapeutic. And I think that's kind of what he was talking about. Yeah. When you're referring to getting to know you as a person through this podcast, absolutely. Like I, that's the reason I listened to the JMO patrol at all was just to hear you be you. Um, so I can definitely see, I, I don't know how what, what he was referring to, like appealing to your audience. I wouldn't even know the first thing about that because podcasting to me just seems like a way to express yourself. It's like, you're not appealing to anybody. You're just kind of appealing to people that like the way you talk. Right. And I think he said like listening to his show is a very, it's, you can get as true to himself as possible. So like you listen, Brittany to the show and you're my friend. So now there's other friends that might listen and think, what is this? <laughs> you know? And I don't know. I think the way he was talking about it was just not thinking about who's on the other end, just, being yourself and some friends that don't even maybe know certain things about him will listen and say, Oh, I didn't even know this about you until I listened to the show. And it's just kind of interesting that you can just feel more open in this medium, which is, I don't know. It's just been really fun for me to do. So I totally related to that. Yeah, I could definitely see that. You bring up uh, an interesting thing. So I actually don't remember him talking about that in the episode, but um, when I was on Allison's show, when I was at her house, um, <laughs> I, I was like, how much of me can I really put out there on this show, which is like not much. And I think you, even on this show, I don't think I'm like me, me. Cause like I told Megan, I'm like, this is like job interview mode. Like I'm just trying <laughs> to not offend people speak <laughs> clearly and not mention a rap song every 35 seconds. But if, like, you were to hang out with me, it might be a little different. Yeah, I think that's so. how it was for me in the beginning. Doing JMO Patrol, I just, I barely said two words in the beginning. And then I started saying some more just on topic. And then, you know, after a while, I just kind of forgot what I was doing. And I was just talking with friends. So it just didn't, about something that we like. So it was just kind of, then it became that point. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. definitely. It just, that's what I think Allison's show is too, the Thursday show. It's, there's not a whole lot of, I don't want to say depth because that sounds rude, but it's just a circle of people talking and they're friends and people get, find it entertaining. Which is funny that they all talk about, you know, the reality shows and it's like, it is kind of that similar feeling. You're just, you feel like you're hanging out with friends, but I don't know them, you know, but it does feel like you're sitting there amongst friends listening to their daily life. Definitely. Um, so Neil Brennan talked about here, here's where we go deep. Um, he talks about his relationship with his father, which was pretty, it's pretty crazy. I, I think and one of his quotes, he said, you're not just some dude, you're not just some lady, you're the president of their world and everything. Everything has consequences. Being a parent, people just don't take it seriously. They think, well, I'm, you know, I'm just going to shit out these kids and, they just raise themselves, which you can see in the population of people <laughs> that, it, you know, 
they're not being raised anymore. It's like it just kind of went out the window. And that was like such an important thing to me. And I think it's funny that there are some people that don't want to have kids because they're scared they're going to be like their parents, which I think he was kind of feeling the same way. But I've noticed, and we've talked about this on the shows, a lot of people are turning those horrible um, childhoods into, okay, I'm going to do the opposite of what my parents did. Instead of like breaking the chain, instead of just repeating it, it was just, it's interesting. I don't know. I, I related so much to him in a way that, and Brittany, you know more than like I've shared with this show or any show about like things that I, things that I'm going through in my own, in my own life. And um, so I related to his dynamic growing up and like, that's what I worry about for my kids. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And even but- Allison was saying like, she's thinking, okay, how am I going to mess up my kids? What are they going to be talking about on you know, the therapist's couch. And that's what I worry about. And I try to do everything the opposite of my parents, but then I'm doing different things (laughs) that are going to mess them up. It's interesting that you say that because when he brought that up on the show, I thought, I thought I related to it. And then I thought of my husband, you know, you know, Buck, Buck is my husband, Raphael. I don't know if you know that. He would say no, like if he were to think, what do you mean we're going to mess up our kids? Like, we're awesome. Our kids are going to love us. <laughs> and I think that's the way you should go into parenting, but I understand how some people could think, what am I doing to fuck up my kids and make them, what's going to put, what am I doing to put them in therapy 30 years from now? Right. Uh, I was going to say, Lisa, you don't even have to worry about it because <laughs> I know you come from a kind of iffy background, but. I don't know your whole story, but I, from the little that I've seen, you're like the fucking greatest parent. Like you're, you're not going to screw up your kids. You seem to be doing a very good job. Oh, thank you. Well, is this the pump up Lisa show or what? (laughs) (laughs) I'll take it. Um, it's, it made me think of my, one of my, my friends, I was close friends with someone and then he became friends with my husband and I, and then he met someone and they had kids at the same time that we did. So it was interesting to see how your friends become the parents that you're like, ew. <laughs> and you don't want to hang out with them anymore. And like my friend, he would say, you know, he grew up in a, he had a really fucked up background just with his his mom and his dad leaving. And, and his mom was just a real weirdo. And he would tell me all these stories. And he would, you know, getting to know him over 20 years of him telling me, oh, you know, it was really messed up. And I messed up because of this reason. And all these things. And then once he had kids, he's just repeating all the same things. Like, but then he'll use an excuse. Well, I turned out okay. Like, that's the laziest kind of parenting I've ever heard of. No, you should want to do better. Yeah. It's it's like, oh, that's, you're fine with that? Just being like the same whatever. And I don't know. It's just the whole thing that when he was talking about growing up with, I didn't grow up with an alcoholic father, but just growing up in that sort of turmoil yeah, and the fact, I don't know, we didn't bring this up yet, the fact that he approached his father Ugh. recently and said, I don't think you ever loved us. And he his response was, you're right, I didn't. Like, right. That was just a knife into the heart. Totally. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, my God. I remember a time that I thought, okay, I'm driving out to Texas with a boyfriend. We were going to go, like, on a trip. But I said, we're going to go out to Texas. I'm going to meet up with my dad. And I had this thing where I'm going to talk to him. <laughs> and... Then I, like, I almost, like, kind of got, I didn't get over it that trip, but I realized whatever he has to say, I don't want to hear it. 
He's never going to be the dad that I wanted. I'm never going to go back in time. Nothing's going to change. If he says sorry, I don't know if it's really going to change anything. If he says, the best thing he do is say, oh, I'm sorry. I want to hear everything that happened to you between this age and this age when I didn't know you. But that's not going to happen. He's just going to, he could say, I didn't love you. I didn't like it. I didn't like being a dad. Do I want to hear that? No. Like, no, no. I Hearing the truth and wanting the truth, I think they're two different things. <laughs> Absolutely. But, and he's, <laughs> he was talking about talking to other parents that he's friends with. And, you know, they would say, you know, oh, we're old school or whatever. And he said, you know, guess what? Old school is shitty school. <laughs> yeah. There's something to be said for old values. But when it comes to parents like him, the not showing love, not showing affection, that school sucks. It does. And breaking that cycle of bad parenting is like the hugest thing. I even talked to other people that are older than me because we have a lot of people in our neighborhood that we're friends with and they're all older. And this one guy would talk about his childhood and how he, he had, a, you know, his mom struggled and all this, like all the stuff that he went through and still he'll be like, well, that was, you know, that's the right way. It's like, look how you are. You're an insane person <laughs> that has to, we'll be sitting, having a party, hanging out and he'll be inside cleaning the dishes because that's the way he was taught. You know, he has to be, everything has to be perfect and clean. It's like, you're not hanging out with your friends. He, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or it's just, and that's just like a tiny hint of like his, his um, OCD. But it's just you're making excuses for your mom was a bad, not really a great parent, but because you, she had to take care of you on her own or whatever. But I don't know. It, it just seems like everyone makes excuses when you're young. You can complain about your parents, and then you become them. And you're like, well, that's cool. I turned, yeah. And then the response is, I turned out okay. It's like, no, actually, you're not the coolest person. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So Neil talks about his six-day silent meditation. Holy crap. Have either of you ever done something like that? I haven't. Um, but sometimes when I am leaving work because I'm a hairdresser and I talk to people all day, I turn the radio off and don't listen to anything because I like to sit in silence. Interesting. And I have the opposite thing because having the kids all day, thats this is how I got to podcast because I would have talk radio on in every single room. Because I just needed to have an adult conversation. At least if I wasn't participating in it, I wanted to hear it. Uh-huh. And then that turned me on to that swear word, Corolla. And <laughs> and then obviously that led to Allison. So it's funny. It's the opposite. But I, I yeah, I, I could see that. That's, I can't, I can't, can you imagine us not talking for six days? <laughs> no. But after I started this profession... Now, all I want to do is sit in silence. (laughs) (laughs) I love what I do. Like, I love doing hair. But when you go to beauty school, that's not something they tell you. They don't tell you, like, you're going to be a therapist. You're going to be an ear. You're going to, you know, it's mostly people skills. Like, they don't care about how what good of hair you can do. All they care about is, like, are you cool to talk to? That is so, yeah, go, Ravi. Okay, so, well, first of all, I want to say I talk to myself. Like, if I'm alone, I'm constantly talking to myself or I'm just like, I start singing rap lyrics or actually today I was singing Slayer at work. But anyway, so it's been brought up on the Thursday show, the No Talk Hair Salon. So when I go get my hair cut, I sit down. It's usually after work. I'm tired and I'm, I don't know how sleepy I am till I sit in that chair and I'm like falling asleep. And they're always like, oh, so how was work or how's your day going? And I'm like, I want to say, listen, you don't have to talk with me. Like, just cut my hair, do a good job, and like I'll tip you well. I but think I'm like, most hairdressers bad? would love that. No, I 
I do have like a very small handful of clients that bring a book or their iPad or knit and have told me like, oh, I'm just not a big talker. And I'm like, thank <laughs> the Lord. I'm not in the mood to talk right now. Like Greg, I love that. I'm not in the mood to have a conversation. Yes. The no talk hair salon, which is part of the reason why I never got my hair done is because of that. And obviously like, and Brittany, you'll be very proud of me. I've been going on a regular basis to get my hair cut, Yay. not doing it myself and not having my husband doing it. Backyard cuts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he doesn't talk very much at all. And usually I will bring something to look at. Just, I did bring a book once and the, the lady, he was gone and the lady was there and she was just kept talking. I thought, okay, I'm putting the book away. Got it. Message yeah. received. You need a chit chat, but the, you know, and the heavy accents too. Uh, I had to keep saying, what, what was that? No, <laughs> but it is kind of an uncomfortable, like you are on the other side of it. So you feel like you maybe have to, or that's part of the job. Like you, you are a therapist. I know, I bet 90% of people go to get their hair done somewhere to have that like half therapy lesson or therapy, oh, yeah. or therapy it's session. Of, it's a lot of moms that have like three or four kids or two kids or a new baby that don't have any sort of adult conversation during the day. So they're just happy to speak to another adult. But it was really funny. I didn't really notice it until my husband started coming into the salon to get his hair cut because he would sit in the chair and notice other hairdressers around me and their clients. And he said something to me and he's like, he said something like, wow, they just will not stop. Will they? He, he meant the clients. Like it's just constant chit chat. So going back to the meditate, like the silent meditation thing, it is, it's just constant noise and chatter. So when I get into my car, I like to listen to nothing sometimes. That's so funny because I'll be every single time I'm getting a pedicure or something, I always end up sitting next to a loud white lady that wants to bring me into every conversation she's having and showing me pictures on her Facebook page. And I'm like, I don't, I'm here to relax. I'm trying to escape the kids and have quiet. And she's just like, and she's got to be loud about everything in her comments and her politics and like everything. And then I start thinking, am I being a bad client? Because I'm not talking to the person that's doing mine, you know? Uh, no, as the person on the other side, I think they mostly appreciate it because there's always those people that don't get it, like the loud white lady you're sitting next to that just don't understand that sometimes we just don't want to talk. So six days of silent meditation might actually be appealing to me, but it does seem like it'd be super hard with no reading, no writing. The reading part got me. Yeah. What else are you supposed to do? Just Sometimes getting lost in your own mind sounds a little scary. It is. After like a day, I'd probably be like, okay. I'm checking myself in somewhere. Yeah, no kidding. When when he said that, he when he meditates, he smiles. So he ended up just smiling the whole time. That part to me was like, that stuck out to me. Because I'm like, I, I'm not like a big smiler as it is. So I was thinking like, even in that situation, I don't think I could be like, oh, I could just smile because no one's going to say anything. Like, I don't think I could force myself to smile like that. And I thought that was interesting for some reason that was that was interesting I, I caught that I caught that too how he just said he would smile because no one could ask him why um I always get well I, when I'm walking down the street I used to a lot when I was younger get the hey you'd be so much prettier if you smiled what, what's wrong Ugh. you should smile I guess I have like a little bit of RBF yeah but I, that got, always that, I got that a lot too it always annoyed me I'm like I don't need to smile for you I'm just walking down the street yeah, like an insane person. I'm when you see someone walking down the street smiling, like what the fuck happened to you? 
but I can appreciate it in general. Like, but I don't want to be the Joker when I'm in the grocery store. <laughs> yeah, Jack Nicholson permagrin. No thanks. And it's happened to me in the grocery store. Or it's just okay. Thanks. thanks. Well, that bit of advice that I won't be taking. People <laughs> who tell other people to smile can go fuck themselves. That that <laughs> makes me so angry because it's like. You should like look nice, so I have something nice to look at, or something right. like that. Like fuck you, I'm not here for that. And it this brings me back to the Thursday episode where the guy said, "Careful, Taxter." Yes. I was like, shut the fuck up. Like eat a dick. <laughs> yes. Like, like, mind your business. Like what the fuck are you? It, that bug. I don't know. Sorry. The next Go. person that tells me that I should say I have Bell's palsy and just <laughs> make them feel horrible about themselves. Well, actually, I, I want to start doing that now because, like, when, when Greg said that, he would have been like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just checking when my mom gets out of surgery. I was like, yes, like, make people uncomfortable. Like, that's what that's what she should have done. That's what – if someone tells you to smile, tell them fucking eat a dick or something. I'm pretty sure there's a Larry David, like, a Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. There is where he, like, someone goes, oh, you should try smiling. And he just kind of goes, fuck you. <laughs> So Neil Brennan is a star fucker, which totally is such a turnoff. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty gross. I know kind of a mutual friend of ours, Lisa, who kind of mm, mm-hmm, is, mm-hmm. <laughs> is like that a little bit. And that's, I mean, I love her, but that's just part of me. Like, we all have our celebrity crushes or our musician crushes or writers that we hold to like a really high standard or fans of like you with Twin Peaks, David Lynch, all that stuff. When it becomes an upset, like beyond obsession and it just has to be all you can think about and talk about and becomes like a hobby rather than a passion. I don't know. I agree. And especially knowing some of these people in person where I'm like, if this person worked at Supercuts Yes. Never give this person the time of day. Super cut. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a weird, a weird job to pull. Well, <laughs> I got it. <laughs> yeah. So being being that, I I really want to know who Mr. Brennan has uh, been dating. I I never. I always am like, wow. I wonder who he's dated or whatever. And then I never look it up. I never ever think, oh, we're. <laughs> I don't know if you either of you know who he's ever dated, but it probably people don't know who they are anyways. Yeah. I was just going to say if it was someone we, I wouldn't know who the heck it was. I'm so out of touch when it comes to stuff like that. So the, the thing that I got from that was, well, like he has like these very famous friends. Cause like he helped write on Chappelle's show. And I think he actually wrote on half baked as well. But so like, I can't imagine what it's like to be friends with someone and you know, they're like kind of, kind of known and then like fucking Dave Chappelle just like his popularity like skyrocketed and he like you know just is like no longer can ever be just a normal person so I can't imagine what it would be like to be friends with someone like that that would be super weird but then also imagine you're super famous now and your friend is a star fucker like do you feel like you can't introduce them to anybody or they're just gonna be on everybody that you meet you know yeah that's pretty gross I have an uncle who's a retired professional baseball player, so I kind of went through that a little bit. He, Him and I are close in age, so we're more like brother and sister. So when he went, he played for the Padres when they were actually kind of good, and he became really famous and popular, but he, like, you say, they think, you think fame wouldn't change a person, but he started, like, cheating on his wife. He had, like, a family, and 
started just becoming the, he was a big nerd, just a big dork. And then he was all of a sudden Mr. Cool Guy because he had money and he was famous. Um, and hanging around him felt icky and weird. But I never would have been like, hey, introduce me to one of your like ball player friends so that I can say that I've been with a ball player. Like, that's Ugh. gross. And Brittany, on the other side of it, you're friends with a lot of people who one person will considers himself semi-flamous. Um, <laughs> and, you know, you're friends with a lot of people that, who are in bands, and, and, we, and we've been on the receiving end of you see how those girls are around. Oh, my God. Certain people where we try and walk from one side of the room to the other, and it's ours. We're like, we're still waiting to have a drink with you. Like, texting, like, hey. <laughs> it's, it's pretty disgusting, but I can't. I sound like a hypocrite because uh-huh. I, you know, my uh-huh. husband's in a band and that's how we met. <laughs> <laughs> but that night you didn't accept. Well, yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> Lisa's about to like spill the secret. I think I already totally. did on another episode where I'm like, I hope Bernie doesn't mind me mentioning this. No, Here's their whole meeting story. But you. Oh yeah. Cause you mentioned that she was dating another guy at the time yes. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and that was like a super he, creepy weekend where he like came out to look for you in Vegas and it was like, oh my gosh. So weird. But yeah, I mean, I know what you're referring to. We have, Lisa and I both have a mutual friend who's kind of a, a well-known musician and we see him just get pawned after by women, sometimes men too, just wanting to music nerd out on him. Oh yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, we barely get to see him on nights that he's performing. And even sometimes when we would have dinner with them in public places, Oh, the last time, the last time I was in Austin, we went to the grocery store just to get whatever food to bring back to Amanda's house. And the butcher was like, aren't you so-and-so? And And it's like, Oh my gosh. Good Lord. And he's like, yeah, here's my Sharpie. You want me to sign your Yes. (laughs) He's like, I'm playing tonight. If you guys want to come, he's like, okay, I'll be down there. Like, Oh my gosh. No, I, that's funny. Like, I thought I was thinking about it when he when he was uh, when Neil Brennan was talking about it, and I was like, I don't really care about celebrities unless it's like someone. Like, I think, like, I think even if like Paul McCartney, I'm a huge Beatles fan, but like, if I saw Paul McCartney, I'd be like, eh, like not that big a deal. But if I see Allison, I'm like, oh my god, I, <laughs> oh my god. So I don't know. I guess it just depends who you're into, like that. Yeah, I think that's there because there. I do have people where I kind of like, I wouldn't want to even say anything to them because I love them so much. But at the same time, I would not be like, I need to be in a relationship with you. Yes. And to feed off of somebody else's fame. That's such a weird. Yeah. Even especially even for a guy, because it seems more of a girly thing to do. Like, oh, I'm whatever. But and he even said this himself. It's a character flaw. Yes. It was, it's a huge one. <laughs> yeah. And so then he talked about depression and I'm pretty sure he's talking about TM, Transcendental Meditation. I think that's what he was into, which yeah. David Lynch is also. And Greg Fitzsimmons is also at the same place that David Lynch is. And I'm like, maybe I need to join up here. <laughs> you know, it's expensive, right? Yes. That's why I haven't joined. <laughs> but he said that it's covered by insurance if you have Blue Cross. Really? I do. Yeah. Oh, I thought that no, I thought that was his. No, no, no. It wasn't TM. Oh. It was TCM. It's like transcranial. Uh, see, I uh, misheard it, and I thought, did he just say TM? I'm like, he must have. I don't know. And TCM, I'm like, oh, I love that channel. 
Turner Classics all the way. Uh-huh. Well, then, so he talked about anger management, and it was interesting to hear his side of it, because I've, I've never, I've been on the receiving end of people that either have gone to anger management or really needed to. And to hear his perspective of him not feeling heard or respected, which is still, I mean, it's, it's not real reality. It's, it's, you know, askewed because they're crazy. But, um, hearing that side of it, I've never been able to actually ask somebody like, why, why, why are you like this? Why are you taking it out on me? You know? Yeah. I've, I don't think I've really dealt with people that have anger management issues. The first thing he said that I was like, I got to write this down was he said, we all have shit like, but you know, we just go around pretending like we don't. And, and then he said, and you know, some people think, Oh, depression's made up. And, and then Allison said, fuck those people. Mm-hmm. And so I thought specifically of my friend who I'm like, I know we all have issues, but do we all have these kind of issues and obviously they're different for every person, but I'm like, because like when I told my friend, I was like, yeah, like I get depressed every now and then. And like this day, like I had to call into work cause I literally couldn't do anything. And then he's just like, and Oh, his friend told him, have you thought about buying a puppy? <laughs> and that reminded me of my friend. I, when I was telling him about depression and whatnot, he's like, have you thought about reading a book? Cause Oh, I told him, huh? I want to go to therapy. And he goes, can't you just like read a book? And I told him, I was like, that's like if you wanted to get in shape and you're like, I'm going to start going to the gym. And I said, you should just read a fitness magazine. Like, (laughs) that doesn't, it doesn't fix anything. Right. Like, so that's the part that I I thought was interesting at the beginning. But, but then again, I was like, if I had a puppy, I mean, that'd be pretty cool too. I don't know. My dog (laughs) stressed me out. Um, I, because like, apparently I have no feelings anymore, but, um, they just piss me off. So, but I'm also like, I get really depressed. And I know, Raphael, I shared with you on one of the first episodes we did for Best Friends Fancast, which um, my whole, the second hour didn't record. And uh-huh. I was sharing with you. Actually, I think it did air the first hour where I said, like, I felt like I was going to have another nervous breakdown. I was really like, just, I just crazy. Like, I, you get that, that depression. But like, when you have kids, you have to pretend like everything's cool and it's crazy making because you can't let it happen, you know? And I felt like I was on the brink of losing it. I just, I, and I told some other people I ruined my own mother's day. I was a crazy person and thank God it wasn't someone else's day. It was mine, but I was like mommy dearest <laughs> <laughs> and just snapping at everybody and, you know, making my son cry at the dinner table at mother's day dinner, just us. <laughs> and I, you have to have that humility of going back and showing them that you're human and apologizing and which is great for them to learn, but it felt like shit, (laughs) you know, to actually feel it and to not pretend and sugarcoat it and them talking about, you know, depression is made up or whatever. It's like saying, Oh, you made up having asthma. It's the same thing. It's something you can't control, but especially if you don't know you have it, you know, or people will deny it. I think a lot of times when it comes to mental illnesses. (laughs) Right. Yeah, definitely. Another thing I wrote and I very, I'm very uh, sure that I will edit this out, but I thought I should just bring it up anyway. (laughs) Um, Well, actually he mentioned that he was the youngest of 10 and I, and my, my dad 
is one of 13, and I think two of those kids died early. But, um, yeah, that's, like, a big family. Do you guys have a lot of siblings? Yeah, my mom, I well, I have a, a crazy sister, and then my brother, that's cool. But my mom is one of 10, and one of them died early. And the dynamic of 10 is crazy. I realize <clears throat> I have a whole relationship with my grandma. It's non-existent. But I realize why she's crazy, because she had 10 kids. <laughs> but they also are all still trying to fight for her attention and be the star. And they're all in their 50s. <laughs> so it's just it's just such a weird I, I always grew up wanting a huge family. Like I thought, I just want to have 12 kids. Like I wanted to be that. And then once I had one, I realized that's ridiculous. And I wanted at least to have like probably four. And then I had two and I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, after four, I think it's child abuse. <laughs> <laughs> and I think one is too, but I know I'm going to get a lot of hate for that, but um, it's just, I don't know. It's, because I think that messes with your mind, too, because the kids are raising each other. There's no – and then you have the crazy parents on top of it. I don't know. what. Raphael, you've talked to me about your, your yeah. life, but tell, tell more. <clears throat> so he mentioned that they uh, had – that he was an abusive dad, obviously. Um, I See, this is where it gets weird because – like if if I'm talking with my friends, we all come from somewhat similar backgrounds, and it's like, yeah, like occasionally your dad will hit you or whatever. But it's like, well, yeah, you're being a dumb kid or whatever. But but then you like talk to normal people, and they're like, yes. there's no reason why your parents should ever hit you. And then you're like, yeah, but I was being kind of whatever, <laughs> or like I I did this or whatever. And then so it's like, so I don't know. Oh, like that's why I struggle so much with my relationship. So I don't know if we all have issues with our dads, but I my my relationship with my dad now is like I feel like a secretary or like an assistant. So he's in Mexico and he'll come up here just for like medical stuff and um so I'll I essentially run errands for him and that's our relationship. Like we don't talk about anything, we never did and my sister like will tell me like well well like yeah like what do you expect like his dad was so abusive to him and I'm like well yeah but and they were talking about it on the show like I I provided you with food and shelter but that right. I'm like that's the minimum you have a child so you have to do that like I'm supposed to like fucking hug and kiss you every time I see you because you fucking fed me for you kept me alive like because it was your job like that's what you're supposed to do so, right, that's like, oh, I, I love you because I I did your laundry, so I shouldn't have to do anything else. And my husband sometimes falls into that where he's just like, you know, when I get home from working for eight hours and, like, the kids barely notice, you know, whatever, I'm like, they they just know you're here. Or they've spent eight hours at school and they're tired too. Like, it's like, you need to have a relationship outside of the fact that you're providing for them. And it's kind of hard to get around that when you've been working for eight hours and like crawling around in someone's attic and you're like, son of a, <laughs> you get home and everyone's like, Hey, what's, how's it going? Whatever. But yeah, I think right. you have to be the opposite of that. And I, it's funny because what you said about doesn't everyone or does everyone have these issues with my group of friends that I have now with Brittany and the girls that we would all get together and watch movies. Oh, obviously they would usually be David Lynch movies, but they were kind of like therapy for me because I thought I 
feel like we all have been through a lot of the same things, but I also thought that everybody did. So one night we had one girl that was watching with us and, um, she was like, I don't get it. Like, it's not like my thing or whatever. And I looked at my other friend and I said, she's never had anything bad happen to her. (laughs) And it's not just because you don't get David Lynch. It's not that, but like, she didn't feel anything with the stuff that we were seeing. It was just kind of like, eh, but it, little things like that made me start thinking like, oh, this isn't normal. And I shared that on uh, mental illness is I thought that everybody had abusive relationships or like everyone went through things like that. It was just like kind of a normal thing that you go through. And th- then when you start talking to other people, I even had this conversation last night with one of my husband's friends. I was talking about just it was some sort of thing about being in school. And I was telling a story about growing up in my house and how it was and lunches that I would make for myself. And the way life was at our house, I thought was normal. And I would have friends come over and they're like, I don't understand how this is working. This is not like how life should be. This is very weird. But it was so normal to me that I just thought it was until someone pointed out, I thought, oh, I thought everyone lived like this, (laughs) you know? But I think that's an interesting, and I wonder if we're all like Rafi and Brittany and like everybody that is maybe fans of Allison's show because she, has a similar kind of background. I wonder if we're all friends or can get along or have something in common because of our backgrounds. I've thought about that, but I feel like there must be just like normal, nice people who listen to her show. And I think, I think there are like when you, when you see on Twitter, people are like, like from all walks of life, we're not all just fucked up weirdos. (laughs) Alison Rosen, we're just all fucked up weirdos. (laughs) Um, Before we go on to the Thursday show, uh, I wanted to take this time to thank the people that sent in their baby congratulations to Allison and Daniel. And if you stay tuned to the end of this show, we're going to post it so that people can listen because I know people have asked me to hear it and I would like to share it because it's awesome. And it made me tear up and laugh and it had everything. It was very interesting. So you have to listen to the whole show to hear it. And I got a really nice email from Allison saying that she teared up and it was really thoughtful and her and Daniel both listened and she was really touched by it. So I think it went a long way. So it was cool. Let's talk about the July 14th Thursday episode, Allison's jealousy, Greg's trash snooping and Jeff's chonies. Um, I think it's funny that, well, first of all, in the beginning I thought, oh, she calls her little mangoes after last episode when I was talking about how much mangoes suck. Yeah. And then realizing and also wondering how she comes up with it. And then towards the end, her talking about her flavored water that had mangoes in it. So that's obviously probably how she got it. But um, yeah, Susie Meister was on instead of Jenna this week. Rafi, what do you think about that? (laughs) (laughs) So so what I thought is, um, I think it's been brought up before by some other people that they're not the biggest fans of Susie Meister. And I would say I am not a fan of Susie Meister. And when I turned the episode on and I see Susie instead of Jenna is like when people listened to this show and got me instead of you, Lisa. (laughs) But um, I need to go back because I think, Brittany, you're in on this, too, that you guys don't like mangoes and mangoes are fucking great. Yeah, with chili pepper and lime, I'm sure it's great. No, they the suck right to cut. Mango. They smell. Okay. They're horrible. First of all, that's the thing is when he was like, "Oh yeah, like you like slice, like you peel them and then you slice them." And I'm like, I've never eaten a mango like that until like I was like in my teens. You get a mango and you just peel it off and you eat it like an animal. 
Like, like it was like a corn on the cob, essentially. Oh, see, okay, my it's my kid's favorite fruit. And I hate buying it because I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to. Because I peel it and then I cut it up into pieces and they each have like one, you know, and it's it's horrible. And then I see on these cooking shows where they cut it like um, like Allison was saying, how they just cut it in half and then they score it and turn it inside out. And I must not be waiting long enough because they are all like super ripe. But that's how my kids like it. They like it super ripe. If it was hard, they'd be like, eh, that's not my thing. But <laughs> get that drop. Um, <laughs> so, so you just peel it and you just eat it like an apple? Like you just, did you, like that's how you eat it? That's how I always ate it as a kid. And I mean, oh I can't God. remember the last time I had a mango. It's been a while. But it was like a long time before I actually had it like, like Allison said you'd prepare it. So did you put a stick in it or because it's the slipperiest thing on earth? Oh, who puts it? I don't know. <laughs> no, you just eat it like that. I'm I mean, it, that it is kids. slippery, but. Guess what, like, kids? Oh, that's the problem is that it is a huge mess the way I eat it or used to eat. Oh, see, it's a huge mess no matter what. It's, I don't, I don't like so. any of it. And peeling it is hard. I feel like I'm going to slice off of my fingers every single time. Recently become a fan of mangoes. I know you, you and I have talked about this, Lisa. I didn't used to like them for, because I think I was eating dried mango and that's what kind of bummed me out. <laughs> but then I had some fresh mango and it was awesome. But I, I can have it in like a salad or something where it's like a, a hint of it, but I just, I don't, I don't go for it. Well, and, and so me getting into mangoes, I bought some mangoes recently, and, and after trying to cut them, I just gave up. I was like, <laughs> these are just, like, it's one of those fruits that I'm just going to have to pay extra for if I want for it already, like, pre-cut. Who was it that said mangoes have a pukey undertone <laughs> or something? Okay, yeah, me. I was like, I thought that was you. Yep, it was top me. Note. But I think that was from the dried mango. I think it was, like, dried mango from Trader Joe's, and it had, like, a little bit of a pukey top note like I said but then I had fresh mangoes somewhere and it was so delicious I felt like George Costanza when he like <laughs> it moves <laughs> where I was like oh my god this is the best mango ever and it like was life-changing so I bought some and then I tried to cut them at home and I was like this sucks it does and then but, I see you know the guys what? on the street selling them I'm like who's preparing these and who's cutting up their hands for this I feel like with all fruit like I just realized this was a Seinfeld thing that fruit is a gamble like i love fruit but half the time i'm eating like a shitty piece of fruit and i'm like this tastes horrible and i think it's just the luck of the draw i fruit is a gamble new motto in life it is and i am (laughs) growing mangoes as we speak so we'll see how those go but the funny thing is is especially because it's a little baby tree and it had tons of mangoes on it and some of them ripen when they're maybe like two inches. I thought, oh, I'm peeling this thing? Hell no. <laughs> Bite into that thing. But we'll see. I don't know. I just, I don't like fresh mango. The dried, I didn't really have a problem with. But the fresh, it has, and I've said this, I think, on the last episode, that it smelled like tuna or something weird. I just don't, and then the cutting it, and then it's just, oh, you know what? My friend, one of my closest friends, one of her favorite things was mango sorbet when we were growing up like in high school and she always had that. And it's like, it just didn't have enough like citric. It was too sweet. I don't know. There was something about it that didn't have enough of the other side of a flavor. It was missing something. I don't know. It goes way back. So now that we've talked about how she calls us her little mangoes. um, And I have to agree with you, Rafi. When I, I didn't read who was on. I just 
you know, during the intro, I was like, okay, he's introducing everybody. And when he said Susie Meister, I'm like, oh, <laughs> because <laughs> I, I have not been a fan of her being on the show. She's not very nice to the other people. This episode was better than it's been. So it, I was just like, oh, she's going to interrupt it and then call people out, which she did a little bit, but um, I think I she think, likes herself a lot. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think this episode was better, but also I don't remember her talking much. And I think that's maybe why it was better. But I was very offended at the very beginning when she asked, is Al Albert? I was yeah. like, I thought she listened to the show. I might be wrong. But I, for some reason, I got the impression that she was like a listener. Seemed okay. to know everything about his life. And every story that he told, she like finished it for him. Like she knew right? what was going on. I'm like, hmm. Um, yeah, hashtag Albert. I thought, well, it was funny to hear them say it. But it was kind of like a, oh, you know. I don't know. Before I know she was kind of picking on Jen Jenna more like about their snack habits and stuff. But um, yeah, <clears throat> I know we talked a little bit off the air. We we're talking about LA Podfest. They were talking. She was talking about it at the beginning of the show, just kind of plugging it. And I hope that everybody goes. Goes. I hope to meet more people. I hope that I get to go. Um, I wanted to ask Brittany on air if she was going. <laughs> so she better come. Rude. Put me on the spot. <laughs> I gotta sign you um, up in Sharpie. Like I, I, we talked about this off my off air. Um, it's not it's not off the table completely, but it's there's no plans just yet. But there's still time. Okay, I'm gonna we'll play that later on if I need if I need it. So Allison was talking about crazy pregnant dreams, which we talked about on the JMO Patrol, only because she's taken us through this whole getting pregnant thing that we you know it brings up our own stories. Her and it's now we're living through it with all of her stuff that she's going through. And I had the craziest pregnant pregnancy dreams. I've had the I think everyone's had the cheating dreams probably before where you're like pissed off at the person for like a good hour or two and you're like, wait, why am I mad? But I had super crazy dreams like that I gave birth to like a paper bag and the baby was in there. <laughs> oh my God. Just weird. But there was no like visual. Like I didn't actually see it or feel it coming out or anything. It was just like, oh, I'm having the baby. Oh, there's some lunch bags and there's my baby in there. And I'm just <laughs> open it. But just very weird baby dreams, especially when you haven't done it yet. With the first one, there's a lot of craziness. But it just, it really does give you the craziest, craziest dreams. And Al talking about Jenna was pretty priceless. And I came up with a new nickname for him. It's Ration Al. Because every single time he talks, it's like, oh, you make so much sense. <laughs> he just makes so much everything. He knows everything about everything. He's done everything. And he makes so much sense. He reminds me so much of Buck. Like, not, not as a clean living as a person, but... Um, that's what Buck is to me, my husband. He just, he's the voice of reason for everything. He's so logical. He's so black and white. He knows so much stuff. Yeah. Rationale is a good nickname. <laughs> I think <laughs> if we have time, I'm put a clip in here. Um, Jay Inslee on, on Twitter, Jay underscore Inslee gave me a little clip that he made of Al. So we'll, since we're talking about Al, we might as well put it in right now. I don't know. I think every time you think you know something, you don't. Maybe it's like a PG-13 of the 1980s. A man walks down the street. He says, why am I soft in the middle now? Why am I soft in the middle of 
rest of my life is so hard. I need a photo opportunity. I want a shot of redemption. Don't want to end up a cartoon in a cartoon graveyard. So yeah, I think avocados are great. Dogs in the moonlight. Far away, my well Mr. Beer Belly, Beer Belly. Get these mutts away from me, you know. I don't find this stuff amazing. I ain't got time for this. If you'll be my bodyguard, I can be your long. Hashtag Al. A man walks down the street. He says, "Why am I short of attention? Got a short little span of attention, and all my nights are so long. Where's my wife and family? What if I die here? Who'll be my role model now that my role model is gone?" What kind of black leader you are? Duck back down the alley with some roly poly little bat faced girl. The conversations you have with animals—it's very endearing. Hints and allegations. If you'll be my bodyguard, I can be a long lost pal. No guy could ever do that because you'd be like, I can't, I got a shy bladder, I can't do it. I can call you Betty, and Betty, when you call me, you can call me out. My other name is like Alejandro. Uh, I feel like in general I'm Alan, but with close friends I'm Al. I grew up, I had a guinea pig. His name was Ying Yang because his butt had half brown and half white fur. At Alan Moss, two A's, two L's, two S's. Um, On to sadder kind of news. And they were talking about her going and seeing, you know, hearing the heartbeat and that there's only one now, which I think they kind of figured was happening. And... I don't know, the way they talked about it, they had some kind of off-color jokes, but... <laughs> but I uh, think that's the way you have to deal with this. Yeah, I you agree. Know? Like, they, they referred to it as, like, Baby B, as, like, dead goth baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And but, I immediately thought of, like, someone doing a cartoon drawing of it, and I thought, no, no, just... No, no, no baby goth fetuses. Um, but, I mean, I kind of liked that they made those jokes. It makes it... Because that's, I mean, if you think about it, if you and I were in a room talking about this with each other, we'd be making these jokes. Oh. Just they have a microphone. Right, exactly. Which I'm sure there's going to be people saying, eh, whatever. But yeah. I think... But that's how they, it makes it easier to deal with, I think. Yeah. You don't want to go on there and cry. And I mean, they've worked so hard for one, and that's what they were working towards. And if the one didn't make it, there's a reason. And... That's right. the logical side of it. And of course there's the emotional side of, of it, but I don't know. I thought it was, and she says she's scared for every visit. I was scared for every visit. Every single month you go in because you don't know if it's alive or not. You don't. And you go in every month and they do a check and everything and you wait to hear the heartbeat and you hold your breath like, oh, but she's got to be like a hundred times more. Right. Because of everything. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's a, the whole thing is scary. It, it's, it's not easy. It's a crazy thing to do that we do to ourselves. But I like that uh, <laughs> I like that Big Al is now Daniel's big gal. <laughs> that was funny and how she Allison said, I'm your big gal and then when he 
said, no, well, yeah, you are now or something like that. She's all, wait, you're not supposed to agree with me, (laughs) (laughs) which is a total woman trap thing to do. Totally. Rafi, do you ever call ladies fat? (laughs) No, I'm so um, worried about saying the wrong thing. Like actually when uh, you mentioned that you're you're getting your hair cut now uh, at some place and it looks really good. And when you posted that picture of you in the Quench the Parts shirt and I sent you that Simpsons clip, I was like, oh, fuck, she's going to think I'm a creep. No way. And I was like, shit. So I'm constantly thinking about what I say to women because it can be taken the wrong way so easily. Um, so I would, if she's like, I'm your big gal, I'd be like, you're not a big gal, but you're my gal. So yeah, I can't, I gotta be so careful. You ladies have it easy. You get, you guys can say whatever, but I can't say anything to a lady without thinking I'm an abusive creepo. <laughs> I like that drop too. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I can see that because, we, and they've talked about it on the Thursday show and we've talked about it just, you know, people getting their feelings hurt over nothing where a guy opening a door for you is, is a fight starting, but yeah. And at least, you know, you know me well enough, Rafi, that I don't, I don't really get, I, I don't get offended easily. And in fact, when I should be, I don't. <laughs> so, yeah. and I see the fun in it and I think. I love that you either think of Seinfeld or Simpsons regarding like almost everything. And it makes me laugh every time. Well, I also would mention rap songs, but you wouldn't get them. But actually I, I, I haven't mentioned a rap song today, so I should uh, just cause I got to fill this quota. Um, when you were talking about the baby B. Um, when... Is that a name of a rapper? Baby B. <laughs> actually there is, there is baby bash that horrible. Uh... Anyway, um, when when she first mentioned that, you know, it's no longer going to be twins, immediately in my head what popped in, because my life is just a series of Jay-Z or Beatles songs and Biggie songs, um, there's a Jay-Z song called This Can't Be Life, and he's mentioning, um, like, on a couple songs he mentioned that he's going to be a father soon, and on this song he talks about, he says the baby came out stillborn, um, and and at the end he says if it was meant to be it'll be soon and i think about that line a lot when you know things are not going well but um yeah i mentioned a rap song so check that off (laughs) yep so you talking about a rap song i was uh marge simpson just blinking at the door like that one that thing that you sent me (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was waiting for the announcement of the best friends fan cast from going Demo Patrol, and I was like, this is me waiting for it, and it's over, like, dancing, like, kind of giddy, giddily waiting, and Mark is just blink, blink, blink. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, well, let's, let's, let's switch gears to something more fun. Uh, make it worse, Rob and Kristen are divorced. How sad. I wrote that down. I was like, oh, they got divorced. After four um, But months. it was funny. Yeah, that was crazy, but, um, I thought it was interesting hearing the other fights. Like it's about going to the club and stuff like that. Some real insight. And it's funny because when he first mentioned them, I remember my first instinct was to go Google Rob Kristen Venice. <laughs> Just to see if like a Facebook page would come up. Something. Nothing came up. But uh, yeah, I, I love that, that they, they moved and he went in to their old apartment on 
under the guise of, oh, I might be interested in that piece of furniture that's in there <laughs> just to get some dirt on where, what happened to them. But and then yeah, the, I was thinking, yeah. I was thinking, does he actually want the table or whatever? Or did he just want to go see what was going on in there? Me too. But then the way he responded, he was like, OK, cool. Don't want the table. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> OK. Yeah, well, I was in, I think I said this on the last episode that I was in Venice a couple weeks ago and I literally was just like, okay, I'm going to see him somewhere. And every time he tweets about some, like, oh, this street and that street, I look on the map, I'm like, my hotel is like a block away from where, you know, whatever. And then he was at the farmer's market that weekend. And I thought I could have run into him. I <laughs> I pulled a, I pulled a BS uh, B and I had, and I had my uh, Sharpie with me because I thought, I'm going to go to Rainbow Acres and get a breakfast burrito that he talks about, but I want to buy like an avocado and have him sign it. Oh my God. Like, like Allison's, uh, like Megan's Allison apple that she had signed. (laughs) But I Um, thought, yeah, I thought an avocado would be perfect. When, when I was in Orange County, I thought the same thing. Cause I was like, when I was going to the hotel or whatever, I was like, I was to my friend's hotel. I was like, I was like, I'm sure Lisa's house is like five minutes from here. <laughs> I was like, I could just like see her, just bump into her. But apparently that's not how it is. Now that we got side, sidetracked onto Orange County and how exciting well, it is. Since you mentioned that, um, it reminded um, I wrote down when Daniel had a dream that they grew apart. Oh, no, that's separate kind of. Um, he, D- Daniel mentioned... Or no, Allison mentioned that the lady in her dream looked like the waitress from some restaurant. And he goes, who does that look like? And he said, uh, Lala from Vanderpump, uh, Vanderpump Rules. And so I had to Google it. And I'm like, oh, this is like an attractive lady. Um, They all are. Well, all the new ones that that are the hostesses that last for like one episode and Jax tries to screw. All of a sudden they're gone. Like the kind of not so hot ones stay on the show. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yeah from just my quick google i'm like oh i i can tell what kind of show this is now and like more about these people and yeah i don't fortunately they didn't actually talk much about vanderpump because i don't want to hear it but yeah it was interesting to see what the lady looked like in allison's mind <laughs> that it's seeping into her dreams and that actually made me think of i wondered I wondered something, but then I got the answer because I remembered. But I wondered if she ever has dreams about her fans because she's on Twitter so much. That, But I remembered she told, I think Leanne, I think she had a dream about her once or she was in her dream. And I thought, how weird that is. <laughs> like how accessible people are and they're having dreams about you because they interact with you on Twitter. Like such yeah. a weird. So um, we got two words that I've never heard. I don't know about you guys. Or actually, I think I have heard easement, but just not often. But Greg mentioned Soto Voce, which I was like, what the fuck is that? And I Googled it and it's like a soft playing in like a musical piece or something. Yeah, I didn't know what that meant either. But in the context, I think I understood it. Yeah. And easement, I had never heard of it in that. I don't think I've ever heard that used, but I understood, you know. We don't really have as many easements because we're further away. We have parkways that are in front that I've heard of, but not easements. Well, easements is something that you hear in like real estate or in title, which I used to work in. So I used to hear uh, it a lot. Oh, I remember, but, I remember the white uh, convertible. Don't worry. Oh, yeah. I know you wouldn't hear it. <laughs> I just realized it's 1130 here. <laughs> it's so late. It's like way past my bedtime. Did you want to go and we can finish it up? 
Are you sure? I feel bad. Yeah. Like, I have a hellish day tomorrow. I didn't realize it's already 11.30, guys. I know. We talked for a long time before we started recording. So, Easter egg, Brittany, where can we find you on Twitter if you want to be found? And, <laughs> and, plug, and plug where you work if you want to. Oh, okay. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Brittany Ashlyn. B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y Ashlyn, A-S-H-L-E-N. Um, and I, if you want to know where I do hair, you can just find me on those places. <laughs> <laughs> she does she does she does awesome hair y'all well it was good talking to you i'm so glad we finally got you i know everybody's been chomping at the bit so you finally yeah, made well it. i had to give the public what they were asking for. i know you gotta I... give them you have to <laughs> all right well tell, so tell... Fun. thanks for having me I of course it. anytime i hope you come back again and yeah. uh tell tell buck i said hello i will bye rafi bye have a good night Bye. Bye. Um, where were we? Um, we were at the Robin Kristen. Sotto voce. And uh, talked about, oh, and I wanted to talk about my, really quick, it brought up the fact that, and I had forgotten, I had a dream recently, and it was one of those where I woke up and I felt like I was trying to still figure out the problem in my head, but I had a dream about Colonel Jeff, <laughs> <laughs> and in my dream, I dated someone that looked like him in real life, but I didn't remember that. And the guy's name was Jeff. So in my dream, I was like, oh, my God, this whole time, that's the Jeff that I dated. And like, <laughs> and then when I woke up, I started thinking, I'm like, OK. But then I started like putting it all together, their lives. Like, OK, I'm, that was just a dream. That's not really whatever. They're not the same person. But I just had like this weird dream about him. And it's funny they talk about, you know, waking up and having that feeling where it lasts for a while. Sometimes... I have that where I'll wake up and I'm very happy and I'm like, oh, it was a dream. And then I'm back to my miserable <laughs> life. I, I, I like uh, this was like really funny. OK, so Greg talking about Robin Kristen and then he talked about that they were replaced by a loud fucking guy, which is really funny that they can that he can hear that much of his neighbors is kind of crazy. But the fact that he snooped into his neighbor's trash can and he described it as 22 in a trash can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I didn't write down all the stuff that he saw, but that's exactly how it was when we, at my old house, we lived across from some college dorms and it was just you, everything about them. You could see their age, just everything about them and everything they did. It was just, Oh God. Yep. You're that age. That's so annoying. But it's just funny how he just – it's funny that he – have you ever looked in anyone's trash can? Not that I can remember, but it did make me think of what if someone went through our trash. Mm -hmm. And like literally right now, it's all like fast food from my roommate. And then for me, I for some reason, I've been like on a Top Ramen thing. And I, <laughs> I fucking like Top Ramen. Uh-oh. Like, are you pregnant? <laughs> that was one of my things. <laughs> was it? Mm -hmm. But so there's like – a bunch of empty top ramen packages in the trash right now and i don't know what else i don't want to know but i think if someone looked at my trash they'd be like oh this is a very boring person <laughs> oh, i think ours first of all never closes all the way so usually you see like a case of pacifico sticking out the top or some other beer of the the week and I look at other people's trash and they don't have that. And so it goes back to the same thing of like, ah, everyone's got the same trash, but you can tell a lot about people by their trash. I think it's very true. Yeah. What was it that Allison lost <laughs> I in her trash can? I thought you were going to talk about my stupid thing that I threw away. I just remembered 
me throwing away my box of dildos. <laughs> a box of tampons? Dildos. Okay. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm I... my, sorry, excuse my laugh, but it's like Greg's laugh. I have like a, I had a URI just like uh, the dog from the show. Whew. Yeah, uh, Allison, what did Allison lose in her trash? I can't remember, but remember that Daniel was looking for it and and some Mexican guy came and was helping him or something like that? I don't remember this. You don't remember? No. Shit. I want to say it was like, oh, it was like a DVD of something. Were you the Mexican guy trying to help her <laughs> dig, through, <laughs> dig through the trash at their own house? The next thing I wrote down was underwear Mageddon. That's the very next thing I wrote too, underwear Mageddon. And Jeff and laundromats, that just adds another piece to the Jeff puzzle. Because number one, I actually used to really like going into laundromats. There was a time when our laundry facilities were broken. So my friend and I went and had started, you know, just going to the laundromat. And it was awesome. It was like great people watching. And it is 1972 decor. It's not anything updated. Everything's, you know, crappy. And now when I pass by a laundromat, I'll walk by and I look in. I'm like, I used to hang out in these places. Like, no wonder bad things happened to me. <laughs> horrible judge of character i remember some of my earliest memories are of a laundromat in denver like downtown that we would go to and they were very fond memories for me actually and also when we moved here to aurora because they had arcade games and so i just remember playing mortal kombat and pac-man and um centipede at this laundromat and if laundromats were still like that, I would probably go to a laundromat. I've actually thought, and I don't know who talked about it, talking about, you know, oh, they said when you buy a laundromat or you open one, you have to go pick from the 1972 catalog. But I actually had a thought about opening one that was like a cool place to go where you, and I had a name for it. <laughs> it was um, from a league of their own, the, the bar that they go to, the girls go to, it was called the Suds Bucket. And I thought that would be the coolest laundromat slash bar name ever like you go and like drink and like do your laundry and maybe it comes out kind of wrong <laughs> you take home the wrong persons but i don't know i think it'd be kind of like one of those kitschy things that could catch on i think that has to be a thing it there's a to. place uh like the big main street here in uh, colorado's called colfax and um there's a place that i just drove by that's now uh it's been a laundromat for a while and it's it's laundry on the facts and i'm like you can't make a laundromat cool like that but if it was <laughs> like if they had drinks and and like arcades and shit that would be fucking dope and i mean you already have quarters for the fucking machine have arcades you know <laughs> and they should have some sort of system where because i when i lived in an apartment i did have to go to like the laundromat there and it sucked because people could steal your stuff and like all that stuff but and you don't want to leave it alone but you don't want to sit there forever and there are, you know, there aren't any video games or there wasn't, there wasn't much, uh, there weren't smartphones back then. So there has to be something like in Chuck E. Cheese where you like stamp your hand with your kids. So you can't leave with like the wrong, <laughs> you can't like just come in and steal it. But it's got to be a thing. That would be super fun. The problem is that, so the place I lived before this, the washing machines were fucking terrible. And like occasionally the dryer would not heat. So it was just spinning Ugh. your wet clothes. So I was like, I got to go to this laundromat. So I went, so every time I, for like a, I don't know, a year or so, I had to go to this laundromat and it was, it wasn't bad because I could just sit there and like, you know, read something on my phone or like watch a video or something or listen to music or a podcast. But I think the problem is that people who don't have washers and dryers are usually sketchier people. 
So they have to go to the laundromat and there were a lot of weirdos in there. And like whenever I saw like a guy coming towards me, I, I would have to like make sure I'm paying attention to see what's Ugh. going on. Well, then the other side of it of like Jeff's underwear completely getting destroyed. I mean, how how hot is this dryer or how agitated is the washer that it's breaking apart all of his underwear? <laughs> yeah, I thought I was like, probably brand new dryers are going to do something like that. But. I was just thinking this is a good opportunity to get new underwear because it is it's one of those things where whoever said that you throw out your socks and underwear and just buy all new ones. Yeah, that's it's like it actually is like a good feeling putting on like mm-hmm. new underwear or whatever. So maybe this is a blessing in disguise. Good underwear can make or break your day. And I went through a long phase of like buying new underwear that didn't fit and you can't I'm not going to return them. And then what am I going to keep going back? And I just had like the worst luck for years. <laughs> And Brittany was a witness to also having an issue with finding pants that fit. (laughs) (laughs) But so like I was just always adjusting or things were falling. And then I finally found like this jockey brand that are like amazing that don't cut you off at the pass. And they are like they they don't show lines and they just do everything. And they're not they're expensive, but not really expensive compared to what I was spending before. Right. But. I still keep like, I don't know. Anyways, I'm not going to share that, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) go on. But then, okay. So then I still have some that I'm like, Oh, one day I'm going to fit back into these guys again. And, (laughs) (laughs) or I'll have one that's like not the right size. Like I got the wrong one and I'll still wear it all day instead of just like, Hey, go put on a new pair of underwear. So being totally annoyed the whole day. Right. And you women have it worse because you have to buy bras and panties or whatever. But that comes to my other thing of like, how do you get rid of them? But our neighbor, our city <laughs> recycles uh, textiles. So I will collect socks and other items and I'll like slip some undies in there. And just Wow. That is some California shit right there. Totally. They recycle textiles. And being in California, I wear socks two months out of the year maybe if that but it's super exciting when I have new ones and I get super excited when because I do everyone's laundry here so when I get you know new socks for every for the whole family I I know like how exciting it is so I'm like oh I'm putting new socks in their drawer and they're not even gonna know like it's a surprise <laughs> I'm making your day but it always makes my husband's day he's always like oh new socks it's the best thing ever <laughs> it's the little things in life that's funny so if Jeff's, uh, first of all, okay, so you've heard of the word chonies. I've heard of it here on the Why West do you just Coast. assume I've heard that? I didn't mean it like that. I just thought it was a, I didn't mean because you're <laughs> Because I thought it was so common. It seemed weird that no one, that it was like half and half of like, people don't use it. I thought that was like a common thing is what I meant. Not because of your heritage. <laughs> sure you did. <laughs> um, okay, so the question I wanted to ask Brittany they talk about eating armadillo, and I wondered if she had ever eaten armadillo. <laughs> uh, being Growing up in Texas, armadillos were a big deal as far as they were mascots for schools, or they were always in, it was always something, or if you went on a road trip, it was something you might see on the side of the road, but it was never something that I remember being on menus, so I was curious as to if she had eaten that, but uh, have you, you know, since you're, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> 
You know what? I've never even seen an armadillo in real life, I don't think. I mean, I'm interested because he said that it was like roast beefy. Like, I love food and I, I hate that I love food. I'm like, I wish I was like Daniel where I could just like not eat anything and be happy. But I want to try armadillo now. Like, I want to try these weird like foods just to see. I would, I, but then again, at the same time, it does not sound appetizing at all. It sounds uh, gross. Yeah, actually. it sounds kind of interesting. I am more intrigued in the armadillo. The capybara, not so much, um, and other things. But the armadillo does sound interesting. The way he described it today sounded more like, okay, I could see being in Austin and how they have like every kind of like cool food truck or like good restaurant on every corner that they would have something like that there. But I have yet to see it. I don't know if it's right. legal to eat it here, actually, now that in this, you know, in the United States. You know, I don't know how they choose that because we. Right. Was it us that we were talking about it? But that, you know, like, um, oh, no, I think it was on on Allison's show. I, I just assume I'm in the convo. But weren't they talking <laughs> about like, well, it's illegal to eat a dog, but like, what can you eat? But how do they come up with that based on what's cute or what? the public might think <laughs> because i know like i've heard of people eating horse and but then again i don't think you can like go somewhere and just eat horse meat unless you know like the right people <laughs> if you're lucky enough um yeah i don't i don't think that that's legal i i know there are, like you said there are certain places you can go to eat whatever you want if you have the money and know the the right and wrong people but I don't know who makes that law. That is an interesting question. I don't. I don't know. What did you think about this advice question today? So this one, for as someone who deals or dealt with the misery of work for so long, I just was like, get over it. Like it, that's work. Like they say, work is a four-letter word. Um, so I was just like, get over it. But he's a young kid, so I understand maybe he hasn't been through this yet. But what I did get from it was. Uh, Jeff said, quit early and often. And I was like, <laughs> I wish somebody would have told me that. Because I stupidly, um, back to my issues with my dad, with him, he would always say work is number one. So I would, that's why I stayed at this shitty job that I hated for so fucking long. Is just because it's like, it's work, you know? You just do it and no one likes it. But now I see... No, there are people who do enjoy their jobs, and I hope to one day be one of them. But I wish someone would have told me, quit early, quit often. You'll, you'll find another job, and that's how I feel now. I agree. I think all of them gave, gave really good advice, although the one thing that stood out in my mind, and I started working for Lambs really young also, but the way he described it, it sounded more like slave trade. <laughs> Because you were kind of tricked into going somewhere and then no one wants to be friends with you and you're working 14, 15 hours a day in like a field or something. It just sounds very like under the the legal <laughs> everything, but it is a weird question. If you're miserable, leave. I don't know. Don't be friends with these people. Go away. <laughs> right. And yeah, that's the other thing is like they were like, well, you know, he's probably just worried about having to deal with his family when he goes back. And I was just, like, now I just think, like, well, also because I don't have a ton of family. We're not really close. So I wouldn't have anyone to answer to like that. I would just be like, so I was just thinking, like, fuck your family is what I thought. I was like, fuck them. Who cares what they think? But 
I, I can't understand if you actually, you know, have a regular family, how that might be a tricky situation. But then again, they lied to him. Yeah. So it's weird. The whole thing sounded kind of strange and none of them kind of mentioned that. So I thought maybe I was just reading into it more and just thinking about that part of it. Like, yeah, work is work. You're right. It's like, it's, it's not called fun. <laughs> it's right. work, but to quit early, if you can, because everything works out. If you quit, you usually don't quit unless you're fired. Like the same thing that happened with Allison. Would she be where she is now if she didn't get fired? I don't know. But it pushed her into something that she ultimately wanted. She just didn't really know. And you're not just going to quit when you are on a trajectory. You know, like we're going towards this goal. And now I'm just going to quit. But in the end, it ended up working out for her. So I don't know. Right. And another thing I was thinking about, the way I see it is like you... I think Allison's mentioned this. You actually know what you want. You just don't do it or whatever. But I thought it was so different uh, or it was so interesting, the difference between Daniel's answer and Alan's answer, because Alan was like, um, you know, like, like, like your friends are like, what you're going to hang out like three times. And then Daniel was like, your friends are going to grow apart more and more each time. So like you have to get this time in while you can. And so that just reminded me, I'm like, that's two different answers. Yes, so that's you, true. They're not really helping. I mean, they are, but you have to know what you want. And that's what this kid needs to learn. True. I mean, it, I, I totally agree. And they did. I didn't even think about that, that it was kind of like two opposite ends of the spectrum of advice. I was just like, oh, that sounds like sound advice. Cool. <laughs> but then also Daniel did say, you know, that hard work is like a memory in its own way. True. So he it sets you up for that. life for sure. Right. And then, but then if you don't, if you know, like he said, you're going to always be wishing you had that like last bit of time, but then everyone has different times. There are different eras in your life where when they end, you're like, ah, oh, I can't believe that's over. It's like such a bummer. Like Brittany moving away and, my friend Amanda also and all of the TNC people like we don't get together anymore. And that was like such a special time for us. And it wasn't during high school or college or anything. It was just a different time that we made and it was our friends. And there were a lot of times we missed out on other things to be with each other or we missed a few TNCs because we were busy doing our own things. And now I wish that I didn't, you know, so I don't know. Um, well, the opposite of horrible families. Let's talk about the uh, family reunion. The Jim. Jim. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the Kim Joneses family reunion, which it, uh, I liked. Uh, this is the comment that Greg said. He said, does everyone just like I picture like they're all the way he was describing, like they're all just like wandering and like finally meeting up together. But he talked about going through the Donner Pass, which if you're I don't know if you know what that is, but it's uh it was like a, like a Sierra Nevada's thing, like a California crossing where the people ate each other and all that stuff. Uh, the Donner party and the Reed party family. So he, he threw that in and no one said anything. I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I know all about that. Um, I didn't know what it was, but I had a feeling that it was that. And also, I for sure was like, I bet you Lisa knows what this is. <laughs> I don't know why. Just because anything that is old fashioned... <laughs> Like, it could be anything. I'm like, for sure, Lisa knows. <laughs> I love how, like, <laughs> like every time I give you a, a song idea, I'm like, oh, my God. I feel like it's, like, my insides are just showing every time I give you a song to put for this show. Um, and I'm like, I don't even care. I know it's, I know it's shitty taste. But um, 
That's no, funny. You don't, you don't have shitty taste. It's just, <laughs> no, I'm, I mean, I'm kind of the same way because I, I like old tiny things, like just in general. So I get it. And I don't think that you're like some weird old lady. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure many would beg to differ. <laughs> um, I think well, I you're super it. cool, as you already know. Well, thank you. And partly that's because of your old-fashioned sensibilities. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, okay, so <laughs> let's switch gears to the... Although, we can talk more about me, but... Um, the Janae winning the candy sweepstakes, just, just everything, every story that Al or Jenna tells about either of their families, I just find them so... Like, they're the people that need to have a reality show. Like, I want to see, like, what a real, honestly good people family dynamic looks like. But they just are so, seem so interesting and funny and, like, just quirky. I don't know. And the fact that she... <laughs> and then they go to show up and they were all expecting, like, supermarket sweep. Like, you're just going to put your hand out and just, like, scoop all this candy into the cart. No, it's just yeah. $50 worth. Did you see it on Instagram? Oh, no. Well, you don't have Instagram, right? No, I got oh, it. Oh, Snapchat, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I don't have. I got it, and then I had to delete it because I needed more space on my tablet. <laughs> <laughs> the video was interesting because yet again we got to see Janae for a split second in the back seat. Um, I thought about screenshotting it, but when you do, it tells you who screenshotted it. I'm like, they don't need to see that. I'm like, <laughs> really taking pictures of her mom. Creepler. So, <laughs> yeah, I was watching the Snapchat, and they said that it was a fifty dollar thing on Just Candy. In my head, I was like. That's a lot of candy. But then True. thinking about it, it's actually not really. Because, like, those big, big bags of, like, mixed, like, little Snickers or whatever, it's, like, they're, like, 15 bucks, aren't they? Yeah, that's true. Like, if you get the big, giant size of M&M's, it's, like, 12, 13 bucks. Right. Yeah, you're so. not getting... Unless you're getting, like, the adult two for a dollar, three for a dollar candy bars, maybe. but And their choices, too. <laughs> Which, it just sparked, like... Every conversation, okay, first of all, I just, I love that Janae wasn't even part of choosing because she's like selfless, but also she's probably like, you know, you guys pick, it's your thing. But the fact that Swedish, Swedish Fish made it into the list is kind of funny to me. They're, they are on the top end of gummy candy if you have to eat gummy candy, but I don't know about choosing are, it. Are you not a fan of gummy candy? Not very much. What? I wonder if it's a younger thing because my kids... And it's not just my kids, but, like, I noticed generation below me, which is you and Jenna and Al, it's more gummy and more, like, sour type of things where I'm, like, not into that stuff at all. So another thing that I thought was interesting, well, first of all, I want to know who entered her in the sweepstakes. They they said it might be uh, Jenna's brother. But Susie brought up prize pigs, and there are people who, like, their job is winning prizes, and I don't know how that works because every time I hear a contest, it'll say, you know, you can't win more than one thing a year or every six months. True. And, and I think that's from certain companies. But I have a confession to make and it's something that I'd forgotten about. I certainly did not make a living at it. But I, at one point, <laughs> had a subscription <laughs> to a sweepstakes magazine. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and... I was really cool when I was younger. Um, so I would fill out all these note cards and send out like a bunch, like 20 or 30 entries to different things a day. And like it had all the rules for each one and you would fill out the certain thing. And they even had hints on how to win. Oh. 
like decorating your envelopes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But um, I sent out hundreds, and I won one thing once, and I and it was a one way no. It was one ticket, a round trip ticket anywhere that like American Airlines flies, and I never used it. Oh my god, that's a pretty good prize. It is, and I was just—it was one of those times. It was at the time I was a nanny, and I was just—I never had time for anything. For and I was also in a horrible relationship too, so I was kind of under the thumb. So I wouldn't have even thought of going anywhere on my own. I couldn't even think of anything that would, like, oh, I'm just gonna. I the one thing I thought, I'm just gonna go to New York. Like that's what I'm doing, you know, but. No, nope, I just let it slide. Back to the gummy candy really quick. They were talking about every single gummy candy, except for no one mentioned stopping off for Juju Fruits. I'm like, really? They were so close. They said Juju Bees. <laughs> well, they mentioned they mentioned um, Chuckles, and that's from a very early episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> yes. And I was like, I've never heard of these outside of Seinfeld, which was great. That's right. And this is also one time that, that Susie bothered me because she said she was, I don't know if she was who she was talking to, but she's like, why are you yelling? Did you hear that? She said that to Al and I think she was joking, but I was like, shut the fuck up lady. That's not even a joke. Like, but I think she was joking. Okay. Like talking about something. He's just talking about like, I feel like he was contradicting her or something. And she's like, why are you yelling? And like everyone ignored it, but I would have been like, the fuck is wrong with you lady? (laughs) I don't know. I don't. I don't like her. I didn't really like that part, but uh, yeah. So Susie has an obsession with John Stamoist. <laughs> this is what I call him. Greg's John Stamos schedule rundown of how he lives his life is exactly what I picture, minus the drinking, because apparently he's sober. But Brittany and I had a mutual friend that we've already talked about on this episode. She worked as a DJ at a at a Lucky Strike uh, bowling alley. And John Stamos would come in on a regular basis and go home with like two cocktail waitresses. It was a normal thing. So I was going to say if uh, Susie just wanted to get a job as a cocktail waitress, her dream could come true. You were talking about your obsession with Beatles. She has it with Beach Boys. My friend and I had an obsession with Engelbert Humperdinck. (laughs) We actually in high school. So this went back far. Like we were young then and went to like find his house in Hollywood and he had Jane Mansfield's old house, the pink palace. And I have a picture of his mailbox with his initials on it. And we never met him then, but about four years ago, she, for my birthday took me, actually my husband bought the tickets, but her and I went to go see him and we were the only ones not in wheelchairs. (laughs) (laughs) And there was literally like a wheelchair row in the back and there were still ladies throwing their underwear up. Some of them looked, they billowed onto stage a little bit more than, than, uh... <laughs> Wait, you're joking, right? No. <laughs> Literally women threw their underwear up there. Yes. And he was inviting someone to come up on the stage. So we were like, okay, obviously he's going to pick one of us. We were the youngest people in there. And this is like four years ago. So I was still like, what, like 36. So we were younger by far. And so he asked some other lady up there and she got to like straddle him while he was singing. <laughs> and her and I were like, oh my God, that would have been our dream come true. We had our dreams dashed, but the person that took our ticket, we're like, are you guys a little young to be coming to this show? <laughs> he actually asked us that. <laughs> I'm preaching to the choir here. I know you guys all know Engelbert Humperdinck, but yeah, I, we all have our weird things that we connect with for whatever reason. Obviously, Beatles is way cooler. And Beach Boys, I love a lot of their songs, but of course, every song she mentioned, I was like, ugh. Greg was talking about people like, okay, so... 
just doing a good job or being good instead of, and this might have been from like a JMO might have sparked this conversation, but he was talking about not announcing, oh, I'm so great, I can do this, I'm going to do that, and just letting your work be the evidence that you can do all those things. And I, my world is a little bit different because I am raising humans to try and be decent people. And so it's a different, I'm not in an office, but I deal with this with parents where parents brag about their kids. And I, for me, I don't like to brag about my own kids. I like to have their actions be noticed, you know, without me having to say anything. It's like, if they're really good, you're going to see it. If not, whatever, but I don't need to brag about them. They just need to be good and people will see it. And I have had friends that all they want to do is brag about their kids all the time. And whenever people brag about their kids, I always start noticing all the negatives, <laughs> which is really horrible. But it, it really makes it stand out where it's like, well, now I'm really focused on them and they're really not that great. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I don't know if you have that in with friends or work. I just started a new job. So I just have been doing my job and people keep telling me that I'm doing a good job. So that's the way it should be, I think. I agree. I totally agree. I think, um, I don't know where that, that conversation came from, but it just, it stuck. It was actually something I was going to send in as a JMO, but it's, it's also, there's always those fine lines of it's not really a JMO. It's not an observation. It's just apparently something I wanted to talk about. One thing I did want to talk about was Greg goes to like cool restaurants. Yes. And he's always mentioning like, oh yeah, I was at this place or whatever. And also, you know, who goes to cool places is Megan. She's like, oh, let's go to this. This is my favorite breakfast place. Let's go here. This uh, this place across from my work is like a nice little cafe or whatever. And I keep thinking, I thought about that when, when she first took me to her favorite breakfast place. I'm like, first of all, I don't have a breakfast place, let alone a favorite one. Uh, do you have like cool, well, obviously you do because when we, we met and had lunch at this very cool little place. But um, I don't, I wish I knew places, but like, I'm like, I don't have time to like go and search out these places. So I've started doing that. And we just went to this place that like gets a lot of good reviews called Snooze and their breakfast sucks. So don't go to Snooze <laughs> if you're in Denver. <laughs> and don't go have sushi with uh, your friend's girlfriend. Yeah. Um, I envy these people because I do not have that. With down, you know, downtown Orange, there are a lot of cool places to go eat. But I don't have a breakfast place. Whenever people ask me, oh, my friends are going to be coming in from out of town. Where should I send them? I'm like, uh, I don't know because I, I just don't have – I know what my husband and I like go to. And down at the Circle, there are so many cool places that are not uh, chain restaurants. But I never suggest them that. And other than that, all we have is strip malls everywhere of – like you said, Noodle and Company is a newer one that's around here. Brittany would have been the perfect person to talk to because when I go visit her and my friend Amanda in Austin, they always have some pl cool place to go. And every time we go, there's a new brunch place we're going. Not new. It's new to me. They have a different brunch place or a different... Uh, we're going to go to this taco truck because they have the whatever breakfast tacos over here and then we're going to get the best coffee over here and then we're going to go and they have it like they know they know what and everything is good they just and I envy that I totally wish that I had that kind of thing and I didn't realize that Megan did and that's good to know because when we go to LA Podfest <laughs> I want to know all the cool places to go the only cool place we'll be at is that sir yeah that's enjoying true. some super cool overpriced beverages 
a um, Jack's teeny or whatever they're called. Oh, that sounds so. <laughs> or gross. some Vanderpump rosé. <laughs> she makes her own rosé. Why don't you tell me which JMOs you picked? Since you'll be doing the JMO segment, this. <laughs> Ray Morgan says, "How does Colonel get pronounced Colonel? Where does the R sound come from?" Um. I don't know, but also in Spanish, it's coronel. It's like same as colonel. Interesting. I wonder if that's because, I mean, all of our languages come from the the Romance languages. So they're all related somehow. I don't know. It's funny how, and I sent this JMO in, it's funny how you wonder things and we have like everything right in front of us that we can ask that question. And some some things I'll be like, to the internet, let's see what it is. And then some things I'll just wonder forever. I'm like, I don't know, where did that come from? Right. Um, yeah, it's so funny because we literally have a device that could answer pretty much any question. <laughs> yes. And I am now looking it up. <laughs> and also, that was a duplicate uh, JMO that's been said before, but it was in the old regime. But I like that it sparked an interesting conversation. And I feel like a lot of the JMOs have been sparking good conversations. Even if it doesn't have to do with the thing, it's just, it's like, um, it's been, I don't know, they've been expanding on it more and it's been pretty cool. Okay, I looked it up, and this is the first thing that came up. In the 16th century, the word colonel to refer to a military commander was originally spelled C-O-R-O-N-E-L, as borrowed from Middle French. English spelling wasn't standardized at the time, which meant that some people used C-O-L-O-N-E-L or C-O-L-O-N-N-E-L instead, which were both based on the Italian military rank. So that doesn't really... It does. It's like the combination of the spelling and then the the pronunciation. I guess just kind of came together. Yeah. So it's not the most satisfying answer, but there you go, Ray Morgan. <laughs> it's just like a- <laughs> you. Are you happy now, Ray? Um, it's just like asking your dad, "Did you ever love me?" <laughs> and he says, "Nope." <laughs> just about that satisfying. This was super fun, and I thank you and. I want to thank Brittany for being on the show. She really was the white whale, and I'm not going to call her that or this episode that. Thank you, Rafi. Thank you, Brittany. Um, Support Allison's show by going to her website, allisonrosen.com. If you want to be part of this show, email us at bffancast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at bffancast. Go to the website, bffancast.com. Follow me at jmos and bffs. And Rafi, where can we find you? Uh, You can find me in los angeles september 23rd to the 25th um allison has finally mentioned it even though i said she announced it oh i don't know four months ago she didn't but now she has and if you're gonna come out for podfest use the code rosen for five dollars off that goes either towards your ticket or the live stream if you can't make it which um I looked it up, and with fees, the fees are five dollars and thirty-three cents. So it's actually still going to cost you twenty-five thirty-three, but that's still better than thirty thirty-three. Yeah, so come out to Podfest if you can. If you can't, do the live stream, and I think that that goes for all the shows for the whole weekend. And also, I think they're like uh, you can watch them for the next month if you buy the pass. Uh, I think that's how it was in the past. So. I mean, it's worth it just for Allison's show, but there are plenty of other great podcasts that you can watch. Um, I guess if you want RMC Guitars on Twitter. <laughs> Did you hear that? Pepsi, yep. wants, Pepsi wants you to follow her on Twitter. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you and good night.
Annie on Allison. This is Lisa Lowry at GMOs and BFFs. A few of your biggest fans wanted the chance to send you some well wishes on your super exciting news. I wanted to take this chance to send you congratulations times a million on your doubly great news. I couldn't be more excited over the moon for you guys. You're going to be the best parents. You totally deserve it. You've worked so hard and gone through so much and you're finally on the ride. This roller coaster will be the most rewarding, tiring, love-filled, scary, reflective journey you will ever go on. I'm so happy for your new growing family, and I cannot wait to be part of your next adventure. Thank you for including us. Hi, this is Laura Broder, Bingo Pajamas on Twitter. Allison and Daniel, congratulations, best wishes. I'm overjoyed for you as both a human and also a mom of a baby. I'm happy you'll be joining my team. And Allison, I just saw on Snapchat that you are beginning to feel the sicknesses of pregnancy. And I just wanted to say that it sucks. It will probably get better. And it's okay to complain about being pregnant. Uh, It is true that you are lucky to be pregnant. And it's a wonderful, joyous time. And it is also true that it's really hard and can really suck sometimes. So... You are allowed to have a nuanced experience, and it does not all have to all be roses and sunshine. Love you guys. Hi, Allison and Daniel. It's the ultra fan, Raphael. I don't know what I could say that you haven't heard a million times by now. Obviously, congratulations. I still have on my phone a picture of the nursery at the hospital where I used to work that I was going to tweet you to try to convince you to have your baby in Colorado. I took that picture in February 2013, and when I looked back at the date on that picture, it just reminded me of how long we've all been joining you on your journey. I'm so glad that you're allowing all of us to be a part of it. I'm not religious, but I feel like God or the universe or whatever is finally paying you back for all the joy you bring people and just all the good that you've done. I'm so happy for you. It couldn't have happened to two better people. And I can't wait to meet the little Nibelina or Nibelino. You're going to make great parents. Congratulations. Love you guys. Bye. Hey, best friends. It is Hansi Copperfield. I just definitely wanted to say, What baby do you like, do you like? What baby do you like, do you like? I like the rosin and the quads. I like the rosin and the quads. Oh, rosin, rosin quads. Oh, rosin, rosin quads. <laughs> Congratulations, Allison and Daniel. We feel like we've all been on this journey with you guys. We're so excited for what's happening. So thank you so much, and thank you so much to the pod crew. You guys are friggin' awesome. All right. Happy Canada Day. Bye. Hi, Daniel and Allison. This is Demi and Cordova, who uh, is a big fan of the show. And I just want to say I'm so very happy for you guys. Congratulations. I hope you have a boy and a girl, uh, or two boys or two girls, or whatever you want. But congratulations, I'm so happy for you. Um, I know you guys will be great parents. Goodbye. Daniel, 
Allison, this is Jason Dix, the Jason Dix. I know it's amazing you got a celebrity of my caliber to be on your show to congratulate you. But I just want to say congratulations. I'm so glad you guys are having a little bundle of joy. It's going to be so adorable. It's going to be so cute, except for when it poops all the time. But you guys can play a fun poop-changing game where Allison decides whether she or Daniel will clean the diaper, and it will always be Daniel. So congratulations and have fun. You'll be wonderful parents. Bye. Hi, Allison. Hi, Allison. Daniel. Daniel. Wendy. Wendy. And nibbles. And nibbles. This is Jennifer. This is Jennifer. And Grace. And Grace. We want to say. We want to say. Congratulations. Congratulations. Say, I love you. Goodbye. Bye. Oh my God. Congratulations, Mr. and Mrs. Quantz, on the little two baby Quantzes. I hope they grow under your wing of health, wealth, and love. Um, I also hope they come out of your vag <laughs> seamlessly or your stomach, whatever your choice may be. I'm so excited, so happy. Um, your avid listener and fan at Crown underscore Insomniac. Thank you. Hi, this is Jay Inslee at Jay underscore Inslee on the tweets. I wonder, how is it possible that your baby news is able to touch others who you've never met? I'm pretty sure it's because you're both amazing. Just know, we will be with you all the way during the good and the hard times, except for changing diapers. Oh, and the sleeplessness. Yeah, that's all yours. I've done my share. Good luck. Congratulations, Allison and Daniel. Hey, Allison and Daniel. This is Matt in Minnesota. It was great to hear your news. It couldn't happen to nicer people. Wishing you health and happiness. Congratulations. Hey, Allison, Daniel. This is Ray Morgan. Um, I've been a big fan of the podcast for a while. Um, I've been listening since Allison was single and have listened while she's gotten into her relationship, then married, and now mom-to-be. It's been like a great reality show. Much better than Vanderpump Rules. Um, I couldn't be happier for you guys. I know you'll be great parents, and congratulations. Oh, jeez. Hey, Allison. How's it going? Just chilling at Disneyland. Just wanted to say once again, congrats on the babes. You're such a caring person. You're going to be an amazing mom. I'm also pretty excited about all of the new potential that Snack Chat holds with this pregnancy. It's going to be pretty awesome. Um, it's been pretty incredible to go on this journey with you via the podcast and yeah, what do you think uh, little Allison and little Daniel's favorite ride is going to be? Um, I think Peter Pan's a good one. Uh, when are you going to bring him here? It's going to be like maybe four. Four is a good age for that. So what the uh, if you're going on the ride, Cassie? Snow White and Seven Dwarfs, even though that's legitimately scary. I don't know the last time you've been on Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs ride in Disneyland, but it's actually it's pretty creepy. Uh... We're all here to support you, and please fill us in on every detail along the way. So, okay, I love you. Goodbye. Hey, Allison and Daniel, uh, Rose and, and Quant's respective, congratulations on the baby. I'm very, very happy for you guys. Um, you, you guys will be great parents, I'm sure. I'm reasonably sure. I'm not, like, 
And I'm like high 90%. I think you guys should do a good job. Anyway, love you. Love the show. Uh, keep it going. Let's have another baby. Hi, Allison and Daniel. This is Top Commenter Leanne. I just wanted to wish you a hearty congratulations a zillion times over on your pregnancy. I could not be more excited. In fact, I think this is definitely the news of 2016. There's not going to be anything better announced this year, I don't think. Also, I think that this announcement is just so important that it's one of those, where were you when you heard that Allison Rosen was pregnant situations? I think you guys are going to be awesome, wonderful parents. These kids are going to be so lucky to have parents as funny, compassionate, kind, and cool as you guys are. So congratulations again. I can't wait to hear all about it. Thank you for taking us on this journey. We all feel like we're a part of it.